And that's what we are going to, to share about today. You can see I've brought two things. I've got this beautiful work of art here that took me all of about a minute and a half to do. And then I have a big bugali. <laughs> and this one, this one I know those of you from Busia Bugoma. <laughs> this one is just to keep your attention through the sermon. So we'll be talking about both of these things. Jesus at the center. That is the message today. Jesus at the center. This thing here is a target, if you don't recognize it already. People that do archery, shoot bows and arrows, they aim for a target. There are people that uh, shoot guns for sports. They are always aiming at a target. As some of you are are players or former players of darts, or I think you call them drafts. Uh, we still have these targets. Now, when you, when you have a target like this, we know that the ob objective is always to hit the center. You practice at the center. You aim for the center. You may not always hit it, you still get points if you land on the margins, but you always aim for the center. Today we are talking Jesus at the center. Uh, the Olympics, I think, are about to start up. That's not completely certain. We know that when people run a race, nobody runs a race to get 18th place. Nobody runs aiming for the the bronze medal, the silver medal, we run to get the gold medal. We run for first place. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says that there's a race out there and there's a lot of runners. There's a lot going on in the race, but you run the race in such a way as to win. In other words, aim for the center, aim for the gold medal. If you climb a mountain, some years ago, when I was a bit younger, Becky and I climbed Kilimanjaro. When you climb a mountain, you keep your eyes on the top, right? The aim is to reach the top. You can enjoy the journey along the way. You can, you can admire the foliage. You can enjoy the fellowship on the way. You can take selfies all along. But the best picture is the one at the top. When you climb the mountain, you aim for the top. Jesus is the center. He's where we focus. He's where we aim. Jesus is the top of the mountain. Jesus is the gold medal. Jesus is the deep water. Jesus is the center. There's a song. I don't know if you sing it here at KBC. Jesus, be the center of it all. I'm not a good singer. Jesus be the center of it all. From beginning to the end, you have always been and always will be Jesus. Nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do 
Jesus be the center. Everything revolves around you. You see, Jesus is the center. I want to read from maybe some of the most amazing, beautiful words ever written in any language from the Gospel of John, the first chapter and the first 17 verses. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, the first 17 verses, Jesus at the center. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now let me pause there. Some of you who might be a bit new to the faith, maybe new to this gospel, the Word is Jesus. So as we read this word, the word, we are talking about Jesus. So in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Jesus. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light, Jesus, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, there, he talks a little bit about John, but skip down to verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Verse 10. Jesus was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him and who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Skip down to verse 16. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. This is my wife's favorite scripture. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Jesus said of himself, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Paul said in Philippians, he said, I have counted everything loss. Everything. For Paul, there was no bronze medal. There was no second place. There was only first place or no place. I have despised everything except to know the center, to focus on the center, to aim for the center, to practice for the center. Now, this, this first chapter of John is so beautiful, so rich, a preacher could preach for three years every Sunday and never exhaust the depth, the beauty of who Jesus is in these words. Today, I just want to give us four ideas about Jesus at the center. Four ideas. Number one, Jesus at the center is the word. Number two, Jesus at the center is a person. 
Number three, Jesus at the center is the truth. And fourth, Jesus at the center is the message. So we have the word, the person, the truth, and the message. And at the end of it all, tutongea mambu ya ugali. So at least stick with me for the ugali. Tukopa moja. Kabisa? Mwadhani akumyo. So Jesus at the center is the word. Jesus is the word, according to John. There is no other word. All revelation points to Jesus. All words are about Jesus. Every testimony points to Jesus. Every revelation is directed to Jesus. Jesus is the word. He is the revelation from Genesis all the way through Revelation. One of my favorite stories in scripture is after the resurrection, Jesus meets up with two disciples on the road to Emmaus. You know the story. And as he meets and joins them, one of their, one of their names is Cleopas. And so the story goes, Jesus walks up to Cleopas and the other person. Some people think that is Cleopas' wife, Bibiake. And uh, Jesus comes up and, and he takes out his photo album. And he begins to share with these two, two disciples all of his story from Genesis through Malachi. Amazing. It's like Jesus pulls out his iPhone, opens up his Facebook timeline, and begins to share with the two disciples, this was me in Genesis. Look. This was me in the Exodus. Can you see me in Isaiah? This was me in Ezekiel, in Zephaniah. Through it all, Jesus is the word. People, as we read our scripture, as we listen to Revelation, we can look with glasses that see the center through everything. Jesus beams out through it all. And one way I'd like to illustrate that is to invite you to, to meet one of the coolest, most amazing young men you'll ever meet in your life. Brother Paul, just come up here. This young man is a leader in our church at Cornerstone with our young people. He just graduated from high school, got an A on his KC, KS, never can say that, the KSCE, that one. And he has just gotten a full scholarship to Strathmore University where he'll be starting this month. And I've, I've invited Paul just to help us understand this idea of the Jesus at the center is the word. going out the decree across the land that everyone must bow and no one to stand. But three Hebrew boys had taken a vow to only God Almighty were they going to bow. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar. And their answer was, no, no, no. He said, boys, you defy it. You have just got to learn. If you don't want to bow, you've got to burn. 
So seven times hotter, the fire was increased, and soon Nebuchadnezzar would have his fury released. So they thrust the three into the fire, bound hand and foot. The king was astonished as he arose to look. His brow began to sweat, and his heart began to beat faster as he saw the three standing on their feet. There was no heart or smoke to them. Not only that, but more, for they had cast three into the fire. But now there are four. Who is the fourth man? Who is the fourth man? Who is the fourth man? In Genesis, he is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is the high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and our lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is the trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of broken down walls of human life. In Esther, he is our intercessor. And in Job, he is our ever-living redeemer. For Job said, I know my redeemer liveth. So who is this fourth man? In Psalms, he is the shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In Songs of Solomon, he is the lover and the bridegroom. In Isaiah, he is the sovereign servant. In Jeremiah, he is the righteous branch and a promise of a new and better covenant. Well, in Lamentations, he is the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the wonderful four-faced man. And in Daniel, he is the fourth man in life's fiery furnaces. So who is this fourth man? In Hosea, he is the faithful husband forever married to the bride. In Joel, he is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and the fire. In Amos, he is our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is mighty to save. In Jonah, he is the great foreign missionary. In Micah, he is the messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he is God's evangelist crying, Revive thy work in the midst of these years. In Zephaniah, he is our savior. In Haggai, he is the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is the fountain opened in the house of David for sin and uncleanliness. And in Malachi, he is the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. So who is this fourth man really? In Matthew, he's the Messiah. In Mark, he's the wonder worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he's the Holy Ghost. In Romans, he's our justifier. In 1 Corinthians, he's the love that never fails. In 2 Corinthians, he is our righteousness. 
In Galatians, he is the redeemer from the curse of the law. In Ephesians, he is the Christ of unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he is the God who supplies all our needs. In Colossians, he is the fullness of the Godhead body. In 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, he is the soon coming king. In 1st and 2nd Timothy, he is the mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's our faithful pastor. And in Philemon, he is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So who is this fourth man? In Hebrews, he is the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he is the great physician. In first and second Peter, he is the chief shepherd who soon shall appear with a crown of unfading glory. In first, second, and third John, he is the manifested love of God. In Jude, he is the Lord who will appear with tens and thousands of his saints. And in Revelation, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But really, who is this fourth man? He is Abel's sacrifice. He is Noah's rainbow. He is Abraham's rams. He is Isaac's wells. He is Jacob's scepter. He is Moses' rod. He is Joshua's sun and moon that stood still. He is Elijah's mantle. He is Elisha's staff. He is Samuel's horn of oil. He is David's slingshot. He is Solomon's wisdom. He is Hezekiah's sundial. And he is the fire shut up in Jeremiah's bones and in my bones. Who is this fourth man? He is Peter's shadow. Stephen's signs and wonders. Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons. And John's Gate city. Who is this fourth man? He is the brightness of God's glory. He is the express image of his person. He is the king of glory. He is the pearl of great price. He is the cup that runneth over, the rod and the staff that comfort, and the government of our lives is upon his shoulders. Who is this fourth man? He is the father to the fatherless, the friend to the friendless, the husband to widows, he is the banker to the poor. If you're walking in darkness, he is the bright and morning star. He is the one of whom Herod could not destroy. The one of whom the devil could not entice to sin. He is the one the grave could not hold. The one who arose from the dead. He is the one of whom Isaiah said, He shall be called the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. And prince of peace well the fourth man is Christ the son of the living God Jesus at the center is the word number two Jesus at the center is a person Jesus is not just a story he's not just a song or a poem but he is knowable. John says we saw him with our own eyes. We touched him. We experienced 
and Jesus is entirely knowable. It is not a cliche for us Christians to say, Jesus is my personal savior. He is my friend. He's, he's listenable and talkable. And if you don't know him as your savior in that intimate way, today you can know this magnificent Jesus as a personal friend. And I encourage you not to leave this place until you can say, Jesus is my personal, my own savior, knowable by me. Jesus is a person. Number three, told you we have four, and then we have? Ugali. So the third idea, Jesus at the center, is Jesus is the truth. Now Thomas Aquinas, the, the great theologian and early church father, said that the truth is always at the center, between the extremes. The truth is at the center, like a hub of a wheel, balancing everything, judging everything. The truth is always at the center. And what does that mean for us? People of God, let us be careful about landing on the margins. Let us, let us be fearful about spending too much time out here. Again, let's always, always unapologetically focus on the center. Let's keep our attention on Jesus. Now, uh, I come from, I still am, in the Pentecostal charismatic movement. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit, in prophecy and tongues and, and words of knowledge. I believe in miracles and a God of wonders who still does them today, and I believe most of you do. But let us be honest, in our movement, nearly every crazy, wacko preacher and church out there, <coughs> they came from us. Those are our people. How did they get out here? I don't think most, there might be one or two that just said, I want to be wacko, but, but most of them, I think what happened is they started spending so much time on the margins that they just decided to settle out here. And they forgot the center somewhere. People of God, it's okay for us to fly out to the margins. This is not bad. This is still good. There's so much good stuff. It's okay to talk BBI and Hustler and, and politics. It's okay to talk Man U and Chelsea and Arsenal. It's okay to, to talk, uh, what is it today, England or Ireland. It's okay to talk theology and eschatology. It's okay to, to, to move and, and think and, and discuss things but let's not spend all our time on the margins and if we are going to fly out here, let's make sure at the end we land in the center. Can we agree on that? Always land in the center. And if your discussion doesn't bring you back here, end the discussion. If the prophecy is not about Jesus, then what is it about? If it doesn't demonstrate the character and nature of Jesus, if our fellowship keeps us out here, 
then is that fellowship healthy? Me, I want fellowship that brings me back to Jesus. I want to meditate. I want to think on things. Paul says, I cast down every imagination, every idea that, that distracts me from knowing the center. So the truth is always at the center. If you lose your way, let's always come back to the center. If you feel today in a very practical way your life is somehow uh, uh, unstable, you're being tossed around, is it possible that somewhere along the way we've lost the focus? And so my job today is to encourage you once again, aim for the center, focus on the center, keep your eyes on the center. We cannot be radical enough about Jesus, amen? He's everything. He is the only word, the only revelation. The fourth idea, you remember the first one? Jesus at the center is the word. Jesus at the center is a person. Jesus at the center is the truth. Okay? So the fourth idea, Jesus at the center is the message. Jesus at the center is the message. Now, Jesus, when he came, he did not stay in Nazareth. He did not quarantine in Bethlehem. He didn't just find comfort and, and, uh, and, and relax at Mary's house all of his life. Jesus went, and we need to go. That's our job. The center does not belong to us, the church. The center belongs to those whom we are called to reach. We need to take the center out there. We need to take the gospel. We need to take Jesus out there. Uh, this idea that the church is, is the place where we bring people to come and get saved. That's okay. I mean, it's great we bring, but that is, that is not what we are called to do. It's like, it's like saying, let's have an aquarium, fill it with fish, and then invite people to come fishing. Uh, we, are, we are called to go out there and fish. People are waiting and wanting the center. They are, they are longing and hungry for this message. They are looking for Jesus today. And our call is to take this message to him. You and I are not called to be sanctuary lights. We are called to be street lights. We are called not to be a fortress. The church is not to be a, a place we come and hide. We are, we are to be an, an Abram's tank going out and knocking down the gates of hell. We are called to go, and, and the church should, should be a safe place, amen? But it is not in one place. We have to take the message. And, and my brothers and sisters, when we take the message, when we preach the message, let's preach it beautiful. Let's preach it lovely. Jesus is, is amazing. Uh, this stuff in, in John chapter 1, so many times I preach a lot, and, and sometimes, let me be honest, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm going to preach on Sunday morning. But when I come back and I dig in to, to this idea of Jesus, it's an endless well of beauty and truth. Jesus is so good, 
It has to be true. Jesus is so amazing. It, it fills me with, with a never-ending message that, that just, it, like, like Ezekiel, I need it. It's like fire in my bones. We need to carry this message to the world. But we need to carry it beautiful. We don't need to be yelling at the world all the time. They know they're bad out there, don't they? We don't need to be out there and in, in, in putting ugliness on the face of Jesus. We have the gospel. We have the goodness. So Jesus at the center is the message. It's what we carry out to the world. Now, for the moment you've all been waiting for. Uh, this is a big rugali. Now, kwa sisi wanaome, tunajua hivyo, wakati tunafika saa ya kukula, poleni kwa sababu kiswaili yangu ni chafu. Saa ya chukula, kama, kama msupu wangu anakuji na, na, na sukuma wiki, na koroti, na, na kunde, na tarere, na chakula nyingi, na ni, mimi na naketi kwa mesa, na lakidi wakati naketi, hakuna ugali, ni nasema, we mama wapa, wapi? Chakula. Sindio? Kama kuna kumbe kumbe, naomena bila ya ugali, hakuna chakula. Sindio? Isn't that true, my brothers? My brothers from Kitale. He's the center of the meal. If you don't have ugali, you're not, you don't have any food. Jesus is the ugali. Jesus is the center. And we know that there's a world out there, hungry, waiting for this ugali, for us to take him. They're starving out there. And do you know the church is hungry? We're giving them a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff on the edges, but we're not giving them Jesus. And I'm not talking about KBC. This world is hungry for the center. Can I invite you to stand to your feet with me? This message is so simple, it's so basic, but yet it's so advanced. It's so all-encompassing. What else can we talk about that is richer and more pertinent to your specific circumstance than Jesus? What do you need in this life more than Jesus? Today, if you found yourself a bit off balance, maybe your faith has been shaken or rattled recently by circumstances or, or by some book you've read or, or some sermon you've heard. Today, in the name of Jesus, let's come back to the center. And maybe you won't just arrive there today. I can't promise You'll get all your healing. You'll experience everything you need today. But let's focus on the center. Let's aim for the center. Let's practice the center. And in the name of Jesus, let's reorient our lives towards the center.